0: Welcome to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. Prepare for compelling conversations, actionable advice, and those aha moments that create leaders. Here's your host, Dave Brown. Hey, thank you for joining, listeners. I appreciate you, and today I am bringing another exciting guest, Mr. Chris Bowen, to the show, and you are going to be lit up by some of the strategies that this guy is going to bring. Talking with him offline, he was absolutely like blowing me away with some of the the strategies and techniques that he's used, not only in his own business, but to help others grow. So Chris, I'll get into your bio in a second, but welcome to the show and thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. I I really appreciate it. And uh,
0: I'm looking forward to some good conversations today. Super, man. Well, let me tell you all a little bit about Chris. Chris is the owner and founder of Level Up Consulting and Marketing. He started that business in 2022 and he built that on the foundation of expertise, passion, and a track record of success. Folks, this guy came out of the construction industry where he had built his company up to doing over $5 million a year in annual revenue. And I got to tell you guys, that's a lot of money. Even <laughs> in Texas where everything's bigger, $5 million, brother, that is a lot of money. And so you did that by you know, building kind of a, a presence and using marketing skills and strategies you learned. And that's what I want to dive in today with you. And so I'm excited, Chris. How does that sound?
1: No, it sounds fantastic, man. You know, I'm really excited about it. It's uh, it's something I'm really passionate about, um, which is helping small business owners
0: scale and grow. And yeah. so I'm just, I'm ready to get after it. All right, man. Well, let's dive in. So, so you know, I mentioned in the bio there that you had previously a successful construction company. And so what I'd like to start with is kind of that entrepreneurial journey, because what I like to do is interview people that are making an impact on people's lives personally and or professionally and or both. And so with that, um, give us an idea, talk about your journey from running a successful construction company and recognizing that pivotal role of how marketing your business Grows and, and you know, what are some of the key lessons that you learned in that transition of of that so that we can start kicking things off and bringing some heat?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, when I first started my company, it was March of 2017. And that first year in business, I think we did like $65,000. Um, and the next year we were able to go to half a million, uh, then 1.2, then 2.8, then five and a half um and so we just scaled at a really really fast rate and yeah. one of the ways that we were able to do that was through social media content reels videos um and this was all you know 7 years ago so not when when a lot of people weren't doing it as much then uh we had kind of started that um being on youtube being on instagram different platforms things like that doing short form and long form content um which i think a lot of people still aren't doing both of those. You know, they're they're doing still photos, but they're not mixing in the live feed or the live videos. Uh, they're not mixing in short form and long form video content. So, you know, such as having a podcast or having YouTube or TikTok,
0: things of that nature, I think that uh, a lot of people need improvement on. Yeah, makes total sense. So did you have a background in that? Because let's face it, you know, and I'm one of y'all, okay, as an entrepreneur and my background had always been in the mortgage industry. And then I, you know, I moved into coaching and training because I was a, a manager and leader in that industry and wanted to, to be able to touch more people. But nobody ever really taught me as an entrepreneur and a business person how to market. That was a different skill set. How did you acquire some of that or was, were you self-taught? So self-taught for a lot of it, honestly. Um, and now I've taken courses
1: and things like that over the years um, to learn more about it. And my younger brother, actually, that's what he went to college for. Um, and so I pulled pulled him aside a lot and was like, hey, this is what's going on. How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I implement this? What do you recommend here? Yeah, um, Stuff like that. So he worked at a very, very um, high-end private uh marketing business or advertising company, um, called the Richards group, which is, you know, the lar- at that point, it was the largest, uh, private advertising agency in the United States. And so he's oh, wow. still there today. Um, so that's kind of, I-, I picked his brain a lot on different things and we found out what worked, what, you know, what's, what can we take that they're doing in these large businesses and implement it into smaller
0: businesses. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So that, that's a great segue and you didn't know this, but my next question is, you know, along that lines, witnessing what you have watched in the last couple of years with, you know, effective marketing strategies, okay. In your construction business, how do you believe marketing strategies have or are evolving? Um, particularly, let's say, um, in industries that are not traditionally known for their digital presence?
1: Yeah, I I think that uh, a big part of the change is the multitude of platforms. Um, You know, back when I first started or, you know, maybe the mid-2000s, you had a lot of lead sources like uh, Angie's List, um, you know, the pay-per-lead type sources Mm -hmm. that don't necessarily work today and so you have to work a little bit just differently for leads today. But I would say being on all of the social media platforms, um, including some of the ones that you wouldn't traditionally think of, you know, for small business, Twitter, uh, next door, next is a fantastic way for home services
0: uh, to gain business. And no it's free. kidding. Okay. Oh, that's Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I had to get off of that one because all my doggone neighbors were, every time they'd hear a siren or something, hey, does anybody know what happened up at Coit and Preston or, you know, or, or, or you know, Spring Creek and Preston. I'm like, oh you yeah, know, you know, we don't care. Or, hey, did anybody see that loose dog? Why isn't somebody <laughs> getting that dog? So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm firing all of you. I don't need y'all. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's one that I don't personally have, but I know from experience, Experience.
1: We yeah. use it a lot um, as a lead source. I mean, okay. That's and interesting. one of the cool things is you can actually go into Nextdoor and search certain topics and then go back and comment on old posts so that when other people search that topic, they
0: then find that information. Interesting. Okay. So I have a question for you then, because on a, on a podcast I, I did a few weeks ago with another guest, I was introduced to the term called pitch pirate. And, you know, we, we kind of joked about it, but the whole idea or concept of a pitch pirate is you want to build trust with people. You don't want to just always be jumping in and pitching them for a product. So thread that needle. How do you, because I I think that's interesting. I've never thought about utilizing that service and that carries over to home mortgages, real estate. Mm -hmm. um, insurance that you could be using that. How do you thread that needle on posts like that? Or how did you, so that you're not just pitching saying, you know, Hey, look at me. How did you, how did you do that? I think you still have to give valuable feedback. Um,
1: no different than if you're in like a Facebook group, like, um, mom's groups are really big here in North Texas. I'm sure you've seen them, um, you know, uh, different city groups, things like that so still commenting and putting yourself out there and still uh basically still contributing to the group outside yeah. of, you know, you trying to constantly pitch people mm. but eventually um uh, people are going to search pool service and it's going to come up and then guess mm. what they're going to click on your name and then they're going to see that oh he's been in this group for years now and has been commenting on everything he's very helpful you know uh stuff like that 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 stuff goes a long way that most businesses are not doing that, that yeah. that's free advertising.
0: That's that's free services that they can do where they're not having to pay somebody to do it. Chris, I love the idea because you just said two things. So what I heard was treat it just like you would any other group, whether it's uh, Instagram or whether it's a private Facebook group that you're in and you're commenting. So add value. The other thing I heard, which I picked up on was, it's probably somewhat a little bit more of an untapped, you know, group or social media. I would have never thought of it. Now maybe I'm just slow to the party, but what a great idea. So thank you. So, you know, listeners, if you're, if you're listening and hearing that, I mean, that's a great place to build relationships. That's not being fished in as much right now. So that's a great idea. I love that. All right. Uh, so let me ask you this. So you grew a business, first year 65 grand, and actually making 65 grand your first year. You know, that's that's you know, commendable because a lot of businesses lose in the first couple of years. That was so you a lot made of money, <laughs> Exactly. But you grew it in 5 years quickly to over 5 million. Okay? Mm-hmm. That comes with a whole bunch of other challenges, opportunities, stressors, excitements what would you say, what are some of the biggest challenges as you started to scale? Because we have entrepreneurs, we have mortgage people, real estate agents that will hear this. As you started to scale and grow that quickly, which is what we all want as an entrepreneur, right? What what challenges did you face in that ramp up that you could share that with others? Like, hey, if I only knew you know, if I would have known then what I know now, man, I could have scaled it even faster, better, et cetera.
1: I think the biggest thing is hiring the right people. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of times people will hire people just, you know, because they need a body. Um, and I think that if you're hiring before, if you think that you're ready to hire somebody, you've already waited too long. You should have been looking already. Um, oh, I think that's yeah. a big one. Um, and then on the opposite end, if you're thinking about firing somebody, you should have already fired. <laughs> I think those would be the two biggest things. that are also the two biggest stressors, in my opinion, outside of uh, cash flow
0: um, for a business. Yeah, brother, those are two great <laughs> things. So as a as a coach, I have I have clients will ask me regularly, "Hey, what do you think about this employee?" Right, and you have to right. ask. They should have been gone exactly and then what i find is most people and this is this is a fallacy that most entrepreneurs have because we weren't trained to in the beginning to do this okay and i was fortunate because i had a corporate background and so okay. i i did have a background of you had to meet certain metrics and i communicated but in that corporate environment you know letting people go was not uncommon. And I had to do it, you know, more than I, I cared to, but taking that over into my entrepreneurial world, I was able to make that leap. But a lot of coaching clients that I work with haven't had that experience. And so they hang on too long. And so that was great advice. Let me ask you this one. Another thing that I see along the line of hiring mistakes is hiring friends and family.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I would never do is hire a friend or hire family members. Mm -hmm. Um, No different than doing work for friends or family, in my opinion. Um, And that's because you can sour that relationship so fast and you can't get that back. You know, Um, so that's those are two things that I would never do. I would never hire friends Mm -hmm. and family and I would never do work for friends and family just because
0: you don't want to burn those bridges. Great advice. You know, I just heard from a young uh, business owner today um, that he you know was doing a, a was in a sale with doing a, a transaction with literally his best friend and he is the provider of the service and it's going south yeah. and he was sharing with me he's like you know I am getting pure raw emotion from my friend what do I do and I just said you know I, I feel for you. Unfortunately, you had the opportunity to walk away from the business two weeks ago. Now Should you're in not. the middle of it. All you can do is own it, accept it, and, and hope that it doesn't well, ruin the friendship. And, that's and exactly that's a- right. That's a tough place to be in. And so I think that's another. I mean, you're dropping bombs here, man. You know, the uh what's the guy, Brad Lee, you know, says bombs. But I'm telling you, you're dropping some bombs because that's such simple advice. But if you have a scarcity mindset, yeah, but I need that thousand dollar, two thousand, five hundred, whatever it is, could be well, a five thousand dollar commission. That's exactly right. That's the problem. You want that deal, and it's hard to walk away sometimes, isn't it?
1: It, it it absolutely is because as an entrepreneur, you think I have to go after every single sale. And that's the other thing that you have to realize as well is that there's some sales that you just have to walk away from and you have to realize um, who is your ideal customer. And if it's not your ideal customer, it's a sale you need to walk away from. Yeah. And that's otherwise it's just going to cause you heartache and
0: mm. sleepless nights. Yeah.
1: Um, And we've all been
0: there. We have all been there. Uh, You know what? And, and, you know, I'll, you know, I'll do it again and I'll question myself. And and so we're all there. So I guess the lesson learned, we all just have to be more aware, know your ideal client. That's that's important. And maybe it's having more conversation up front. If you're going to Mm -hmm. do business with a friend of all the possible pitfalls and just talk about Let's lay this out. If something goes wrong, how do we handle it? Yeah, how are we going to handle it exactly? Let's have some bumper lines and communicate now, because the one thing you know I don't want is to lose you as a friend. So thank you, Chris. That was that's great, great info there. I I really do mean that. Um, So give me the transition now. So you're building a, a successful company. You're passionate about marketing, right? You've watched how you can grow, and now you choose to really move into a channel where you're helping people more by leveling up. Hence, the name of your business: Level exactly up consulting right. and marketing. Right. So, talk to me about that transition and how you, you know, were able to just commit and say, "I'm going to do it. I want to help others, you know, grow." So, I started it back in 2022, but
1: I really didn't focus on this business until probably about six months ago. Um, In the meantime, I was kind of working uh, a B2B outside sales role um, and I still do, um, but I have a lot more focus on this business now. But in doing that, I really realized that my passion is more B2B business um, instead of direct to consumer. So B2C, Um, I found that I I have a lot more, not only am I more passionate about it, but it's a better experience in my opinion as well. Um, you know, uh, as a person who's a business owner, I just think that I get along with those people that are a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, more like-minded like Mm -hmm. myself. Um, and it's, it's been a fantastic experience so far. I really, really enjoy what I do. And I think that at the end of the day, that's all you can kind of ask for, um, is to, you know, keep food on your table, uh, roof over your head and to enjoy what you do for a living.
0: You have to have joy. If if you don't enjoy it, uh, you know, and you're a young guy and I'm telling you, if you don't enjoy what you're doing for anybody listening, stop doing it. If you don't enjoy it, stop. I mean, I know people that have gone to med school, have, have gone to law school, and they they don't do it. Now, hopefully, if you're listening, hopefully you stop going to, you know, yes. all the way down that path. You, before hate you it fin- Stop before you get to the end. You know exactly. You know, my my youngest son is uh, just completed his first two years of college, and he's beginning to move now into his major, and he's pretty sure he wants to kind of get, go down that psychology path. Mm-hmm. And and I've had that discussion with him that, you know, you don't have to fully decide, but you kind of have to know because you're going down a specific path yeah. that you're going to spend the next, you know, four years, you're going to have to go to four to five more years of school to end up at the end of, you know, the end of the tunnel, you know, to be a psychologist and or potentially psychiatrist. Um, therapist and so forth. So I'm like, you got to kind of start figuring that out before you spend, you know, a hundred thousand plus more in education to only find out it's not what you want to do.
1: And the time investment too. I mean, those are years that he could be making money doing something else as well. Um, You know, and so
0: totally agree.
1: It is hard when you're that age to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. I know people that are 40 years old that decide that they want to change what they're doing with the rest of their life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, So imagine it, making that decision at 18, 19, 20. I mean, that's hard.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's funny because you being in the previous trades industry, I just shared with him, uh, you know, and then we'll come back to some questions that, hey, listen, there's some amazing careers in trades. Mm-hmm you know you're, you i only want you to keep going if that's what you want i'm perfectly fine if you're a skilled laborer or something. you know i want you to be at the end of the day find joy and so bringing it back around i told him whatever you're going to do i just want you to find joy in that so for listeners if you're not happy man life is too short let's you know get a get a new career Just do it differently. Maybe a minor shift like you, instead of going business to consumer, now you go more B2B, right? That's exactly right. I I mean, I'm still in control of
1: my day-to-day. I still i am passionate about what I do. I still provide for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, I just do it slightly different
0: now. I love it. You know, I'm just teaching
1: other people to do what I was doing years
0: ago. Yes. Well, that's a great segue because... You uh, you talk about and and you know part of your mantra is you know kind of taking a holistic approach to marketing. Mm-hmm. What is that? You know, can you elaborate on that a little bit? And, and how do you apply that to each individual situation? And and just expand on that idea or thought for me. Yeah, it's a little different than the
1: traditional of uh, hey, we're just going to do ad spend. Um, it's really more that holistic approach of. What's the best way for me to grow my business? And it's not always just about ad spend. Um, Can you get leads that way? Absolutely. You absolutely can. You know, if you throw a great deal out there uh, on Facebook ads, you're going to get leads back. Now, is that your ideal client? Not always. Um, But if you do more relationship building, I think that you get a better client that typically has a much higher budget than if you're trying to get the lowest, the person with the
0: lowest dollar amount to call you. I love that. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's dive okay. in a little deeper because that, that makes me think of a few things. So you mentioned earlier knowing your ideal client. Yes. So if your ideal client isn't, and there's nothing wrong with helping people that don't have as much money No, absolutely in, not. in your product niche. But if your niche is, I want to be working with X, you know, a, a certain clientele, then then you have to know your client so that you can design your marketing, your messaging, yes. not just marketing, doesn't have to be paid ads, but your messaging has to be geared for your client. Is that, is that what I hear you saying? Absolutely. So that's one
1: of the first things we do with our clients is we go through and we find out who their target market is. Who their ideal client is, mm-hmm. and then we come up with our message that's going to appeal to that person. So, like a lot of our pool builders that we work with, or uh, home remodeling companies. Um, if you're a pool builder, you know that ideal client may be someone who's, you know, let's say aged 35 to 55. That's going to have uh, young to middle aged kids um, that they're wanting to you know either a spend more time with the family or b they want to be the house that all the kids hang out at or mm. you have b which is going to be the grandparent that wants grandkids and kids to come back and spend time at their house mm. um so we're going to have two different ideal clients there then we try to drill down on okay what do they do for a living what are what are those people you know um If you're someone who does really, really nice high-end work, you know, maybe you want to appeal to engineers or pilots or, you know, people that are very, very detail-oriented. Maybe you have a certain dollar amount that, you know, if you're higher end, so we need to target towards people that are top five, top 10% of income bracket. Um, So all sorts of different areas that we can kind of drill down on to find out who that ideal client is and yeah. then build our message and our ads around who that is
0: interesting along that line do you find i i know in my in my realm as a coach i find it's not uncommon for somebody when i work, when i begin working with them they don't have a defined ideal client
1: it's extremely common okay so okay. what we do is we talk about their past clients and what were mm. the best experiences that they had with past clients and find out what they have all in common to be able to come up with who their who that ideal client is.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, because I think in business and we mentioned this in the beginning, if you have a scarcity mindset, that's one level, then it's like, oh my gosh, I just need a deal. But then yeah. there's that next level that well, any any client that closes or, you know, consummates the sale, you know, is is my ideal client because that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to yeah. to build pools. I'm here to, to provide loans or sell houses. I'll sell a house to anybody if if they want to buy a house from me. But it's not just I believe it's not just that simple if you want to have a successful, thriving, joyful business where you're well, excited that's the to get difference. Up every day. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, successful, thriving, joyful, that's the difference.
0: There you go. Man, that's good stuff. That is that is really good stuff. So let's talk about technology changes. There's mm-hmm. this this thing out there, and I jokingly I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun with it. But there's a, this new thing out there. You may have heard of it. It's called artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. You know, it's and and so obviously it's it's the buzzword. Okay, and and it's not it's just not a buzzword. It's it's going to definitely. It's already changing. Um, and enhancing the way we do things mm-hmm. and it's going to continue to grow and improve it's it's not going away it's no. not like it's like the internet years ago uh that's, that's a fad <laughs> it's it's this is here but let's talk about ai being one of them but what are the technology changes that you see and how is that evolving into the marketing space that you're navigating and that, that you're future casting that you're going to have to be able to help clients get prepared for and so forth. Yeah. I mean, we use
1: it as a tool. I mean, I think that every business owner should be leveraging AI in some capacity to be able to help their business. I mean, you can use it from everything to write, uh, you know, your sales goals um, for you to really kind of put pen to paper on it um, to make it more, you know, easily readable. You can use it to edit videos um, to help with content, things like that. I think that AI, it's definitely, there's a lot of pluses to it, mm-hmm. um, especially in marketing. Do I think it will ever eliminate people in marketing? No. Um,
0: but I think that people need to be using it as a tool to help grow their business. Yeah, Absolutely. totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I think with what you're doing, helping business owners, uh, it, it's going to be, they're going to look to you to give them the advice on what they need. And what I'm finding right now, the people that I'm working with, I, I believe the misnomer, the reason I kind of jokingly talked about artificial intelligence, I think there's a lot of, there's a group of people that are, they're hearing and seeing all the ads and what it can do. And they're feeling like, oh my gosh, this is my, this is my dream employee that's going to like fix my business, the silver bullet, so to speak. No. <laughs> and thank you. It is not, it's It's not, if you got a broken business, this isn't going if to fix, is it. fix it. That is not
1: going to fix it. Now, it can be used as a tool to get to where you want to go, but it's not individually going
0: to get you where you want to go. Yeah, totally agree. What do you think about using AI to um, remove yourself from conversations and uh, letting AI handle all communication with the client?
1: I don't personally like it. You know, it's no different than when you call like, let's say Verizon Wireless or, you know, the cable company or something like that. I don't personally find that enjoyable. I yeah. think that uh they're doing it, but they're gonna be shipping stuff off to a you know, the Philippines anyway. Mm-hmm. Um I I personally wouldn't probably implement that into my business. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people that do. Yeah. And you there know, I are. can't knock them for it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a more affordable option for most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something that to be said about that human aspect to it. Yeah. Um,
0: and having a, a, an actual conversation with somebody. Totally agree with you, brother. I think, and so in my opinion, what I'm seeing, I, I think sales, um, processes, it can help with some efficiencies. I, yeah. you know, I have my conversational AI bots turned on yeah. to schedule appointments. Right. Once the appointment is scheduled, I'm jumping in at that point. That's exactly for the consultation. Right. I'm not allowing. Now I could I could turn on a consultation, you know, I'll call it a consultation bot where, mm-hmm. you know, where I have it programmed that I can flip it on and it would continue questioning you and asking questions. And, and you would think you're talking to me or like a, an intake person at my mm-hmm. office but I don't want it to do that. I want that at that point, I want the human connection. So That's I exactly stop right. the bot in my world turns off when somebody says they want opt it out and says, no, I'm not interested in setting an appointment. Or if they do set the appointment at that point, it schedules it, confirms it, and the bot's done. Well, it, I like to
1: think that I'm in the relationship business. Hmm. Um, same as you, you know? Yeah. Um, and how do you have that relationship if there's not person to person? If there's, you know, AI or something in between, You know, there has to be that relationship-driven factor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for all those salespeople that are listening, you still got to have sales skills. That's exactly right. You have to sling the phone. I hate to say it. You know, I'm holding up my phone right now, but you still got to sling the phone, get on and talk to people to close the deal. Um, You know, God love you. If you have a business that you can use AI to, you know, present, schedule, schedule, you know, close the deal. Hey, yep. fantastic. Most of us aren't going to have that business. And that's the no, good part. And hey, you know, AI isn't going to replace everybody.
1: That's exactly right. AI yeah. is fantastic for, you know, crafting email responses for, you know, maybe cold pitching emails, you know, stuff like that. Those are where AI really can make a big difference in a business, is, you know, things that maybe don't necessarily have to have a human touch to them. Um, but I just, I think that uh,
0: at the end of the day, relationships are still going to win out I 90%. Brother, 100%. That's why you're on this show, because you're yes. a relationship guy. So am I. And I, I believe that. You believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had you on here. So let's let's talk about this. Do you have a recent success? Um, kind of just, I'm going to, you know, think about you in, in the last, you know, couple of weeks or months, if you have a recent client, you know, a, a business to business client that you've had a success with at level up marketing, um, that you, you know, that you can share not their name and, and who they yeah. are, but just the scenario, share the success or the win that you helped a client get and, and so forth at level up. So
1: we've got several clients right now that we just onboarded recently within the last few months. Um, and I'm happy to say every client is up uh month over month right now in terms of reach and engagement on their social media. That's so awesome. that's a, that's a big win, um, especially in a uh, more of a down economy yes. um, where leads are much, much slower. Um, I consider that a huge win because uh, as a whole, as an industry in the pool and spa industry and the hardscape industry, You know, business is down, I think, roughly about 60% year over year. So to have that where that engagement's up and
0: um, our reaches up is a big plus right now. Yeah. So let's talk about then drill. I want to drill into that a little bit with you. So somebody comes to work with Level Up, you and Level Up Marketing, okay? What's that process look like? You know, is there like the intake, the very, you know, I sign up and I say, yes, I love I love what you're doing. Here's the, you give me a bid for services that you're going to do. And and we say, let's go. What's that? What's that first like 30 days look like when you acquire a new client? How, you know, just assume I'm your new client. What's what's that look like? It's going to be
1: meeting. So number one, in-person meeting, if we can, if you're within Texas, we're going to meet in person. Um, If not, we can do via Zoom or um, Skype or whatever your preferred Mm -hmm. video method is. And so we're going to go over kind of what ideal clients are, what the budget looks like, um, things like that. We're going to start getting all of the access to all of your accounts. If you don't have certain accounts, we're going to work on setting those up for you. That's really all within the first 30 days. You know, I try to get some content out there, at least a little bit in that first 30 days, but usually it's going to take a little bit longer um, because we're still drilling down on all the specifics of what you individually need. Um, but that's typically what the first 30 days is going to look like. What that intake looks like is kind of figuring out what's your ideal client budget and getting
0: access to all of your accounts. Yeah. Well, and you're changing in a lot of cases, you're changing people's landscape. If they haven't been posting yes good content or any (laughs) content, just because you, you put, five or six posts out there for them, business does not start. We have to, we have to start showing a pattern and a habit. To, That's exactly to, right. To we have to be consistent traction. and
1: we have to be yes. consistent within that brand yes. and building that brand uh, through consistency. So I'll give you an example. I've got one client that we just brought on. Uh, we just started posting probably mid-January for them. Uh, their previous marketing company was doing everything through kind of a, a YouTube format or 16 by nine. Um, videos, so it 's not super mobile friendly, but we know that you know seventy percent of people when they 're seeing content through social media it 's going to be from their phone it 's not going to be through their computer screen. So why are we doing it in a format that 's not conducive to our cell phones? if we 're going to be putting media out for social media, it needs to be compatible for cell phones. So I told them, you know, hey, instead of us going horizontal. Let's do everything that we're doing vertically. You know, let's change the format of our videos that we're doing so that it's, you know, more optimum for our
0: phones. Yeah. Let's not make it convenient for you. Let's make it, I mean, let's make yes. it the most convenient for your ideal client, which is That's going exactly to right. see you. They're going to see you on this little two and a half or three inch wide by a six inch screen, so right? if you're cutting off a good portion of your video,
1: unless they click on it, uh, they're not going to click on it.
0: Again, if you get, if y'all are listening, there's another great tip. Uh, think about it. It doesn't matter what business work you're in; doesn't matter. Everyone probably I, I don't know statistic, but I'll just say ninety percent of people are probably seeing your content on a phone screen. That's exactly right. I mean, we
1: live in a very mobile-friendly uh, time in life. I mean, yeah. everybody and their mother has
0: an iPhone or an Android. Yeah, yeah. My my mom back in Indiana has got her iPhone. She, That's exactly she right. It. She <laughs> doesn't know how to use it half the time, but <laughs>
1: she, but right? she knows but how, she
0: has it. <laughs> but she knows how to watch videos. That's exactly right? right. And so to the point, but if she watched a video that was cut off on the sides she'd be annoyed and she'd flip to the next one. That's exactly right. So there you go. So I love that. So let's, let's do this because I could keep, you know, asking you questions all day. Um, but I, I've got a, a, a specific question that I want to ask you about leadership and, um, going forward as we start to move, you know, to closing out the show here. Um, the whole the whole idea of this show impact blueprint is i like to talk with people that are making an impact on people personally and or professionally or both mm-hmm. and so with that i mean you're a pretty cool dude and i've enjoyed this and you're helping people's businesses but let's talk about now i want to move into a leadership question in the in the scheme of what you have learned you've had probably some good managers bad managers mm-hmm. good leadership Talk about a specific person, you don't have to name them, but unless you choose to, but is there a person in your life that has helped you that was really that consummate leader that you looked up to and said, wow, this person mentored me, they shared something or that you can speak to that's helped you in your, in your, you know, business career?
1: Yeah, I would say my mom actually. So, um in a business aspect, my mom is a uh, a chief of HR for uh she typically works for, for large healthcare companies, okay? Um but okay. she's been a, a giant guiding force in how I manage and how I lead teams. Um mm-hmm. because growing up I kind of got to watch the way that she does it, and as I owned my own business, I really leaned on her uh for a lot of advice. Um, when it came to management, leadership, all of those things of like, you know, like we talked about, how do you know when it's right to hire somebody? How do you know when it's right to fire somebody? Yes. Uh, What are certain things that I need to put in place? Uh, Can you help me write my employee handbook? Can you help me come up with um, (laughs) SOPs? Can you help me come up with, you know, all of these things that help you go from a working in your business to working on your business. You
0: know, I think that's, that's probably the, the biggest one for me. Very cool give it up for mom here. Yeah. Hey, you know, that, that is really cool. And Hey, let's face it as an entrepreneur now, uh, think about it. What better, uh, mom to have than somebody with an HR background That's exactly right. that, that can help you because us, us entrepreneurial people, we don't like to sit and create standard operating procedures yeah. and manuals, right? We just don't like to.
1: Well, and you know, it, it's funny because I took a, uh, Uh, a test the other day that kind of said, Hey, this is your personality type when it comes to business and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you're very much the visionary type person, you know, that doesn't focus on some of the specifics all the time. And so it's like, okay, so that was my person that really helped me with specifics that could take my vision and make it a reality and kind of help me with that aspect of it.
0: I love it. I love it. Give, so, hey, when we're done recording, you give your mom a call and just tell her you love her and how cool she is and that you appreciate her. So here's <laughs> what I need to know. So Chris, how do people get a hold of you at Level Up Marketing if they'd like to have a consult with you and kind of chat through what you do or how you and or how you can help them in their business?
1: Yeah. So the best way is through email or through our website. Uh, email is going to be email at leveluptx.net. Website's going to be leveluptx.net. So those okay. are the easiest ways. We're on all major social media platforms,
0: um, so you can find us all over the internet. Okay. And level up is level all spelled out or it is l v l u p t x dot Okay, so l v l u p t x dot net dot net. Okay, perfect. So say it one more time without L-V-L-U-P-T-X. me doing it. L v l yep l v l u p t x dot net level up texas I love it, man. Chris, this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, I don't know about you, but 39 minutes has already gone by (laughs) and I feel like we just got started. I like it too. uh, It's crazy, man. I appreciate you. For all of you listening, I hope you got a couple of nuggets. I personally took a couple away and that's why I love doing this because I, I learned myself. I'm glad that you were on today. For all of you listening, please like, share, pass this on to somebody else, and uh, you know, get on next door, man, and start uh, start uh, getting into some conversations nextdoor.com. <laughs> Chris, with that, make it a great day, my friend, and uh most uh most wonderful success uh to you in the future.
1: Thank you so much. You guys have a
0: great day. We are thank you for listening to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. If you took away something today, please like, comment, and share this podcast. See you next time.